Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Fat and happy. That's how I feel right oh, now. Uh, Fat and happy. Like P-H-A-T? Mm-mm. F-A-T. Mm. Because my weight is up a little bit, mm. and I just we, we just shared a... At least a yep. pound of gizzards. Yep. Yes, we did. <laughs> a pound of fried yes, gizzards. Yes, we did. When you send that text, I was like, "Yes, yeah. I do." Also. Well, neither one of us had eaten all day. Nope. It's been working. Yeah. When did you When did you get to work? When did you start working? I should say. Oh, you know what? Today was actually a lazy morning. Okay. What is that? <laughs> Six. No, 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 no. Like eight thirty-nine. Ooh, yeah. we got to work late. That is super yep. late for you. That is. Wow. It is so. First day, the kids didn't have school, so we had a lazy. Oh, you hung morning. out. Nice. Yeah. That's good, man. Lazy morning. See, hey, people, pay attention. Listen to Papa Jimmy here. See now, Jimmy's usually out the door working, European phone calls, blah blah, jet setting, you know, deals, handshake, back rooms, all that well, stuff. No, going. No back I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I'm just saying, cigar rooms, cigar rooms. Oh, okay, all right, champagne whiskey, rooms, whatever. Whiskey, I don't know no, where no, you no, go. No, I don't no, know what no, kind no, of rooms no, you're no, in. No, I'm no, just no, saying. No. Um, why do they call it? Do they serve? Okay, the point is, Jimmy made time just to hang out with the fam, yeah. and that was really cool. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, but we hadn't. So, did you have breakfast? Yes, my wife oh, made me breakfast. Okay, well then, so you have eaten today. Yeah, See, yeah. One of us didn't eat all day, and yeah. one of us just said that they hadn't eaten all day. I well, You had breakfast. I had breakfast. I didn't have breakfast. Oh, well, sorry. I hadn't eaten. When I say I haven't eaten all day, I mean I haven't mm-hmm. eaten all day. Okay. okay. You, you win. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You I, win. Again. <laughs> you again. win the Misery Olympics. <laughs> I win the complaint <laughs> award. So, yeah, we hadn't eaten, and we were super hungry, and mm-hmm. we were getting ready. We were like, let's go and record, and- yeah, I just thought we need to we need some gizzards. And I mm. but you see how I buried it? I said we could do pizza or wings mm-hmm. or gizzards. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy goes right. And he's like, I can't say no to gizzards. Yeah, I can't say no to gizzards. <laughs> I can't say no to so all I'm the other things. Feeling good. And I'm drinking this. My, my wife turned me on to this monster energy drink. Oh. Now it's not it's not the normal monster energy because I don't like there's too I'm about sweet. to say, like, you've been on a healthy thing, and yeah. so I'm, I'm surprised so, to see monster well, energy. I'm not, not having a healthy thing eating gizzards. But um Oh yeah, cheat day. Yeah. <laughs> But no, this is actually Monster's uh, tea. It's a dragon tea, mm. and it's a green tea energy drink, and it's not real sweet. Look at how highfalutin you are. Mm. You know what? Tea. Super. Tea. Super nummy. Well, well, you know, Monster tea. Monster tea. So it's kind of horror, you know? Yeah, kind of I guess so. I guess mm-hmm. so. Man, look at you. Just, gosh, you know? So we're, uh, we are, <clears throat> this is dropping what? After Christmas? I don't remember. No, no. This, this is going to drop tomorrow. So wait, that, what's that? Oh, this is drop. What day will this drop? Well, it could drop it Tuesday. Could drop Tuesday or Wednesday. Whichever oh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, so the week of Christmas. Week of That's Christmas. That's when this is dropping. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, man. Are you excited? I'm pumped. Yeah? Yeah. Do you know what you got your kids for Christmas? Yes. No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Seriously, dude. I just gave you props for being a good dad. And you don't even know. Well, I it's gave my wife, I gave my wife like three ideas. I don't know which one she's going to yeah. choose from. Are they? <clears throat> okay. Are they what? Three ideas, meaning like, uh, like uh, three bricks what? of cash. Oh, like, is that how you do? It's like, just take uh, care uh, of it. Just go, just go get no, something. No, 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 okay. no. I gave her three ideas, and okay. you know, let's see what she what she picks. Okay, out of that's better than not knowing anything. Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah. All right. So yeah, man, Christmas is coming up. It should be fun. And uh, Pat's preaching this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm preaching for the Christmas Eve service. That's right. And then we're gonna be getting into Revel- uh, Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. You good. ready? I'm ready. Oh yeah, man, man. I can't wait. It's gonna, it's gonna be gonna good. Be, it's gonna be great. So you've been? Uh, did you read that article? I know we both wound up looking at it on Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah, I the, read it. The Julie Roy's 
The Roy's Report article. The Roy's Report article. I have read it. Members of John MacArthur's church say they're being pressured not to report new COVID outbreak. That's the title of their December 20th report. Mm -hmm. So before we even get into this, we don't spend tons of time on this kind of stuff. But uh, whenever it turns out to be like, yeah, this is actually something worth talking about or we find it interesting and we think you'll find it beneficial, we'll do that. So this is one of the things we wanted to talk about today. And... um, and I think you and I both have the same kind of vibe about JMac, yeah, which is used by the Lord. A lot of respect for him in many ways. Yeah, used by the Lord in immensely yep. fantastic ways. And attitudinally, not our favorite model, role model these days. Nope. Um, but uh, what's this article all about? What What is the gist of it? If If people haven't read it yet. So the gist of it is, uh, so MacArthur's Church has uh, defied uh, county orders about banning indoor worship. Uh, and so, but they have, they have like plastic dividers in between the people no, no, and lots of masks and stuff. Nope. Nope. Uh, rare, <laughs> rarely masks. Yeah. And just crammed in. Yeah. Packed in. It's pretty much church as usual for them. Yeah. And I think 7,000 members, 7,000 attendees, something like that. Yeah. I could be wrong on that. Thousands number. of people. And they've been I thought getting, I read that in here. 7,000 somewhere. I know that they've been getting, you know, pushback because of this, uh, because to many, it seems like they're not taking the covid crisis seriously and then others would say well it's not a serious thing anyways mm-hmm, and others mm-hmm. would say hey, it's their issue it's their decision leave them alone all right so go ahead what's this what's this article about so um it's not even so much about a a quote-unquote covid outbreak right because i mean what really quantifies as an outbreak because according to this article in la county i think it's like three <laughs> three or more uh in a certain time period uh constitutes an outbreak so let's let's make sure we bear that in mind uh when they talk about a new covid outbreak but it's not necessarily about the quote-unquote outbreak it's more about uh individuals or let me rephrase that julie rowe is reporting that individuals are being pressured not to report right so the outbreak itself that that she's referring to is simply that a number of people and a good number of people have tested positive for COVID and mm-hmm. she's got screen grabs and stuff like people talking about it on Facebook. It's mm-hmm. not like it's a giant secret apparently because they're talking about but it. But then even Facebook. individuals that are not named that d- d- want their name withheld yep. sharing about the news. Yeah. Sharing about the news. And yeah, there's this, I mean, and I don't know if you, you know, find a, a specific um, quote in here, but yeah, there are people that are saying that they feel pressured yeah not to what talk about that they have covid report that they have covid yeah i mean i um uh one individual i talked about uh uh you know out of fear of you're gonna need to look for a new job right like uh here i asked the gcc leader about zorro's account and he confirmed that gcc had a christmas party on december 8th but he added quote uh john MacArthur will never all caps, never admit that number. I have no doubt that it is true, but any church leader who publicly affirms that will be looking for a new job. And that number that they're talking about is not necessarily about, uh, I can't tell if it's about who, how many people attended the Christmas party or are exhibiting system uh, symptoms or have COVID. So that's a little unclear there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, saying, you know, hey, anyone, any, but any church leader who publicly affirms that will be looking for a new job uh, and then later on, under intimidation, uh, 
Julie writes, I spoke with multiple members of Grace Community Church this week who said they were scared of speaking out about the outbreak for fear of retribution. Some said they feared losing their jobs. Others said they feared being ostracized and losing their community. Okay. So now we've, I, I, th I think we've both have said this. I, I know I've said this, that um, every church is responsible for itself. Yep. Um, and I hope that they all, you know, uh, do their best and, and, uh, work hard to comport with what is biblical and what is sensible and all of that. But ultimately churches are going to figure out their own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and we wouldn't, we don't function the way grace does. Um, you know, we're having worship, but we have protocols in place and distance and, and all of that. So it's, it's really not so much about, about the fact that they're having services that I think we found it initially interesting. It's that this article is saying that there are people that, fear they will lose their job or face some sort of retaliation if they report the outbreak. So here, yeah. along with that, along yeah. with that, I mean, uh, towards the, actually the last, uh, mm -hmm. uh, section of the article, the very last thing, uh, Julie writes, uh, open quote, the people have been put at risk, people endangered. And this is from the G one of the GCC leaders. Uh, and I pray, and this is still part of the GCC leaders quote, and I pray that it doesn't turn into a huge outbreak that MacArthur is ultimately responsible for because he's not taking the steps to control it. Okay. Yeah. And that's the last line in the last line article the thing, itself. Yeah. So why is this interesting to us? I mean, we, we briefly talked about it. You know, one of the, one of the issues was, and we're not, we're really not exploring. We're not taking sides here. Um, I mean, we're happy to do that if we need to, but I think one of the things we found interesting is, is this a case of staff actively putting fear into people, like intentionally, like putting fear into them so that they don't report? Or is it more a case of people feeling this way, though that is not the intention of staff? Yeah. I mean, that's actually one of the things that stuck out to me the most about this article had been, uh, I mean, the real the whole premise about it is leadership or MacArthur himself specifically uh, intimidating staff and leaders to not report. Well, how much of that is actually true, right? How much of that is actually, uh, you know, leadership actively uh, intimidating individuals or how much of it is people are like, if I, what's going to happen if I did say something? So maybe, right. so like, like you said, how much of it is felt intimidation mm -hmm. and how much of it is actual intimidation? Because it's unfair to, in my opinion, it's unfair uh, without that clarity to talk about John MacArthur specifically as as the brand, right? Um, intimidating leaders if it's not actually the case, right? I mean, so it's like for us, we want to know when they say they when we read, oh, they fear uh, reprisals mm -hmm. or some sort of you know consequences. Why do they fear it? Were they told? Uh, was did they see examples of this happening, or is it just simply that they're afraid because of you know whatever? Reason. Well, just because of the culture right now, because of the culture, because of how uh, uh, politicized and uh, uh, charged this this conversation is. I mean, even within the article, here's the thing. It even talked about uh, individuals not wanting to um, come forward or not wanting to report because they didn't want the church shut down. Right, right, right. And so that has nothing to do with John. Yeah, that has everything to do with 
I'm going to throw it out there. Government overreach. That has everything to do with uh, fear of if I if I say anything now, do we now give individuals, especially a church that's embroiled in this lawsuit uh, against the county, do they now just give them fuel for the fire? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a there, there's a there's a lot going on here that I I think is interesting, especially as a pastor. Um, you know, on the one hand, some people are going to fear the response of leadership when they have no reason to. Yeah. I mean, at least yeah, not yeah. from those leaders. Like maybe they have had bad experiences in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they just you know are drawing wrong conclusions. Sometimes. People simply have uh, draw wrong conclusions about how leaders are going to respond that isn't fair. Sometimes they they're drawing conclusions about how leaders are going to respond based on what they see, but not, not based on anything that is explicitly said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course they can draw conclusions based on what was <laughs> what was said to them. Yeah. And because we don't have that level of clarity in the article, uh, it's hard for us to know exactly what's going on. But regardless of whether it is mere perception without any foundation, perception based on uh, uh, what they have actually seen other people go through or whether it was explicit. What does this put on leaders? Is there, what is the, what are some implications for leaders in this kind of a situation Mm -hmm. when some people in the congregation are fearing an inappropriate or negative response from elders? Yeah. I mean, I, so if I was, if I was, uh, if I was John, and I don't want to presume anything upon John, but uh, if I was John or if I was in that similar situation, I think I would ask the question, how, why is it that people feel that way, right? Like, is there anything that the the elders or the leadership has have done and need to repent of that has given the impression that there will be retaliation if you are just honest, right? Right. Because that's just if if someone is fearing being honest, then I got to ask, why do they fear that way? Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not saying I'm not sure I see the clarity here to actually say that they've been like that. Right. But for an individual to feel that way, have a perception of that. It begs the question, what is it about how we are running things that is giving that impression? Yeah. Is there anything that we're doing? What's the truth in this? And maybe it was just misunderstanding. Right. And, And listen, from my perspective. Um, you know, and I've, I've interacted with a lot of, uh, churches that are led by pastors that are from masters and they're, they're all very different, like very great people, you know, and some people that aren't so great, right. Just like Mm, coming mm. out of any school, but the, my experience, even belonging to churches that are staffed by, uh, MacArthur or master's graduates and people who function along those lines, they do tend to be heavier handed as Mm. leaders, more controlling, uh, than say we would be or some others. Now, again, that, that, that that's not a universal thing. It's just something that I've experienced. But I I think that for, for me, when I read an article like this, again, because it's not really my business, it's not my church. So I'm interested in reading about it and trying to learn. One of the things I want to take away is, is how do you shepherd people, lead people who are feeling this way about you as leaders you know, because like maybe maybe you do need to do some repenting as a leader. Maybe maybe we have contributed to this mm-hmm. unintentionally or intentionally. Um, and then how do you help them to see that they can trust you? Because clearly there's a trust problem here among yeah. some of these people. Yeah, like yeah. They don't feel like they can trust their leadership. Now, like I, when I look back at at Redeemer and the the situations that we've been involved in, even together, um, 
we haven't always made everybody happy. Sometimes people are not happy with how we've done things. Yeah. Um, and there are times when we don't apologize for that because we believe we did the right thing yeah, yeah. in the right way with the right attitude. And then there are times when we have to apologize. Hey, you know what? Even if we did the right thing, we didn't do it we in didn't the, do right, it the way. right way. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, but you still have to walk people through the situation, owning your own fault whenever necessary. And in fact, what I do tend to see is that most of the people that were afraid to talk to us about something on the front end, after we get into it, they're like, wow, I'm really happy that you guys are not destroying me in the midst of what I'm bringing up. Well, see, that's why I, I, I look back at this, right? And, and say, okay, how much of it's actually true and how much of it's just perceived, right? Um, because we've experienced where when you've had that opportunity to clarify, uh, People are pretty responsive and, and they see, oh, you know what? I kind of assumed right. that you would react a certain way. Yeah. And I'm glad to see it's not that case. Mm. Um, and that's why I want to give, you know, John and and, and uh, the church there uh, the benefit of the doubt that there must be some misunderstanding here. Now, obviously, Julie spoke to, she says, you know, multiple members. By the way, two is multiple. I don't know. It could be 20. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, multiple members of Grace Community Church who said they were scared about speaking out because of retribution. Um, so there are people that feel or believe that the culture of that church is somewhat toxic, uh, intimidating. Leaving this church in particular aside, that is a reality for a lot of churches. Yeah. Um, I mean, we heard a lot of accusations about that concerning Mars Hill. Yep. So how does a church develop a culture of of intimidation how what do you think are some of the things that that happens inside a church among leadership that puts people on high alert and they start walking on eggshells yeah um well i guess i could see it easy like happening more readily in larger churches uh, because as the church grows becomes more complex uh and so managing and messaging uh, becomes more complex. And so it's easier when there's only one voice, right? Uh, and so it's, so because you're trying to steer this, this big ship, uh, there's always got to be the commander, what they say goes, and it just, you know, uh, moves forward from there. Um, but I've seen it in smaller churches as well. And yeah. so my experience in smaller churches, having been in churches where I would say there's that intimidation, that culture, uh, of fear, um, a lot of it has to do with the senior pastor uh, being insecure, mm. being insecure, uh, and un, un, un. How, I'm trying to think of the right word because it's not. It, part of it's like they're unteachable, uh, but they're unapproachable. I think they're afraid because, like, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, I, I've, I've seen this, I've experienced it, and I, I'm aware of churches that are small right now that are going through this, where the leadership, a very small group of people, uh, does in fact create a culture of fear in the people. And I think you saying that there is an insecurity there. There's an insecurity that they'll lose control. Yep. I think sometimes there is a level of insecurity or fear that people are going to do the wrong thing. Like mm -hmm. gonna, I, I think that they're that oftentimes people are heavy handed, sometimes with good motives. Like they're, they're gonna be really heavy handed yeah, because yeah. they're like an overbearing father. Don't be an overbearing father. But sometimes, sometimes that's coming from a place of concern. And like I want them to, mm -hmm. you know, walk mm -hmm. the straight and narrow. Um 
And then, yeah, I do think sometimes it's just pride and arrogance and they want to control people. They want to be the one in charge and yeah, yeah. be high and lifted up. I think that also, uh, again, we're not talking about MacArthur's church here. In, we're talking in general. I think that uh, legalism leads to this kind of a thing mm -hmm. because now you, you almost never know like what is out of bounds or if you do know that these things are out of bounds, but they're, these are extra biblical. And so now you're getting kind of like, I, I'm going to do those anyways. And now I'm like, can I talk about it? I don't mm -hmm. really know what's going mm -hmm. to happen. I think different forms of, of legalism can contribute to a culture of intimidation as well. I don't know. And I think, so along the, the lines here, so something just kind of struck me uh, about that last line that I read, which says, people have been put at risk, people endangered, uh, the GCC leader said, and I pray it doesn't turn into a huge outbreak that MacArthur is ultimately responsible for because he's not taking the steps to control it. So whether you have a large church mm -hmm. like this or a small church, right. this is where it's important for elders to, I guess, take the pulse yeah. of the leadership because uh, it's really important that the leadership is united as one uh, because here I... I get the sense, and I'm. This is me assuming something in this, but and so my assumption might be wrong, but I think the lesson still is right. Uh, that it's important that leadership is united and take the pulse of the leadership, so that as you're moving forward, everyone's on the same page, and you bear the responsibility together. To get, that's exactly it. So yeah. I think. Are you saying that this is kind of pointing at J Mac? It's going to be all his fault when, in reality, in this model of a church, for sure, it should be. The elders. It should be the elders. Yeah, it's not, but even, unless he's just functioning as a pope. But he's not. I, 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 well, I don't have any I, reason I don't, to. I don't believe. I don't yeah. see that here. I don't see that. I don't have any evidence of that. And so I'm saying this is not JMAC. This is the church itself, the, el the elders and the leadership together. But I'm saying even at a smaller church, mm -hmm. right, is you need to address these things like together as, as elders are for us. You know, we've kind of been walking through this. And there's been disagreements among us yeah. as elders. Yeah, sometimes you're wrong. As as to how we're going to handle certain things and how we're going to navigate COVID, right? Uh, because there's a lot of different um, scenarios that play out. Yeah, there's different levels of sensitivity. Yep. There are people that have more knowledge than others on some of these facts. Exactly. Like Kevin McDonough. He's a guy that does a ton of research. Correct. And so- uh, and I have my feels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've got your feels. Um, and so you have to navigate through all that together yeah. and work through it all together and come up with a plan together and then implement it together. Yeah. And own it. Just own it. And when you mess up, and I mean, ugh. Yeah. I just, I'd be like, right. Like, okay, I'll tell you right. So like we're- um, we have to make these decisions about, you know, how we're implementing masks and, and requiring them for one service mm -hmm. and not requiring them for another and all that. And right now we're trying to figure out how are we going to do baptism? Because we're mm -hmm. now we're, you know, we, we've got people that are ready to get baptized and, you know, we're meeting in another church. So yep. like, how are we going to pull this off? You know, and if we don't do it there, do we bring it back to this building? And mm -hmm. there are all kinds of complications. And it's like we're, we're trying to figure out as elders right now, like, like today mm -hmm. we're actually beginning to say like, how, what are we going to do? And we're, what we're not going to do is let one of us just ramrod the thing through in one direction. We're yeah. actually, we, we talk it out. And in the end, we all say, this is the wisest thing. And we move forward. Yep. I think that's good. Yeah. But you can read Julie Roy's article. Um, I think, I think Jimmy, you said it, uh, we were having, we were having wings and watching the bears game. Yeah. Yeah, we were. And, uh, when this had come up and, and, uh, you had said, you know, I, I, I really 
respect anybody that wants to hold leadership accountable and support those who are oppressed or, or mistreated or whatever. And I agree with that. And so I think that's a lot of what drives Julie is that she's concerned yep. for people that are being taken yep. advantage of. But sometimes you, you run the risk then of maybe jumping the gun a little bit or a lot. I mean, I, I'm not saying in yeah, this yeah. case, but uh, so, you know, you, you want to read these, these kind of articles carefully and thoughtfully and prayerfully because, um, you know, an investigative report isn't inspired, uh, hopefully like any good reporter. And I think Julie is a, is a good reporter. Uh, they want to be accurate. They want to get things right. But even they sometimes do get things wrong. So check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. You know what else we got? We got a, we got a number of people recently asking us about journaling. Ooh. Oh, in fact, we, I mean, we've talked about journaling on here before, but um just and the reason I, I thought like oh this is one we should we should actually address is because this guy has now like come on and, and said hey um i actually i, I want to know how do i how do i do this like what are some things that i can actually do to start journaling i'm mm -hmm. interested i'm hungry i love god's word and i think that journaling would be a good discipline for me what is what's some advice that we can give to people who want to start journaling uh, and we're going to keep it simple and we're going to keep it uh, practical. Okay. Because this is not a biblically mandated activity. Mm -hmm. It is a tool to help you engage in a biblically mandated activity, which is meditating on the word. Well, see that, that was the thing I was going to say. The first thing is keep it simple. Cause oftentimes when people start like you want to try a new thing mm -hmm. or to get into it, they think, Oh, well I'm going to go all in mm -hmm. and buy the most, expensive and big complicated yeah journal or whatever right uh um, can get the leather bound 55 dollar 300 page journal yeah uh just any notebook will do yeah. you know i mean we i mean i you know we enjoy uh the lectern uh mm -hmm. 1917 dotted um i enjoy that soft cover it's like what uh, like 19 bucks or 19 something. bucks yeah. last so last me three months yeah so i mean i i like that uh so start start simple um and just start daily. And don't be afraid to start small. Like a, like a small journal like that, it's not very expensive. But you know what? If it's your first time, get a real thin moleskin cahier journal. Oh, there you go. So yeah. it's, it's really thin. It's like 80 pages. Yep. But I'll tell you what, it feels good when you fill up a journal, even if it's 80 pages. It feels disappointing when you peter out mm -hmm. after 35 pages or 50 pages or even 80 pages when you've got another... 150 to go yeah, yeah. after that and yep. you just stop using it. So don't be afraid to do that. I would also say on the front end of this, like keep it simple, uh, find what, find a way of writing things down that actually you find pleasant. So for some of you, that's going to be on a keyboard using a particular mm -hmm. app, mm -hmm. maybe on your phone using a particular app, uh, maybe your iPad. I know Jimmy loves his iPad yep. um, as well. I favor a pencil with a specific lead density and softness on paper. And it feels good for me to actually write it down that way and to do it that way. So whatever you do, make sure that you're, the way that you're doing it is actually fun, like pleasant for you. Mm -hmm. Something that you're like, oh, I like doing this. Is that this particular way of doing it actually uh, gets me interested in moving forward with it. It's a, it's a small, simple trick, but it's actually helpful. So what about, what about in terms of journaling? Uh, they're gonna, they, they typically ask, I would say almost all of these people have asked, uh, where do I start and, and, and what should I be writing down? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would suggest, especially if you're doing it for uh, personal study, 
you know, you're journaling through uh, as, as you're uh, uh, studying God's word. I mean, I would suggest the ransom method. Uh, just start there. That well, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, uh, some of our people are not going to know what the ransom method is. Oh, yes, there you go. Well, it's this uh, method for uh, studying your Bible, your personal devotions. It's the best method. The best method that I came up with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You want you one night uh, in the shower? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think that's how it happened. No. Oh, was it you and I over cigars? No, I think it was even less that. But go ahead. Go oh. ahead. Oh, so. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Ransom Bible study method. Where do they? Ransom Bible study method. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would start there. That's that's personally uh, how I do my personal devotions uh, is going through that. And um, it's just a way of reading the text and asking certain questions yeah. that, you know, Jimmy and I put this together. You can uh, download it for free at doctrineanddevotion.com slash ransom. Um, get, get it there. So you're saying use a template of some sort to help yeah. you interact with the scripture. Correct. And Ransom Bible study is I, th good. I think it's a, a quick and I think it's an easy template to use. Uh, and I fruitful. Think it, fruitful. I think it hits a lot of, uh, it, hits, it hits everything. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a really good method. It, I would say, uh, don't worry about how long your entries are. Yeah. My, my journaling historically has typically consisted of me writing down mostly observations from the passage that apply directly to me. Um, so if I'm, if I'm just journaling, if I'm just, you know, kind of writing that stuff down, not for Bible, not, not for sermon prep, for example, if it's just, if I'm just journaling, I'm interacting with the text on a very personal level. I'm writing down, like, this is something that Joe, you need to be thinking about. You need to be pressing in on, or maybe it's a particular doctrine, mm -hmm. but it, that's like, a, it's a paragraph. It's, it's a couple of sentences to a paragraph typically. Yeah. And that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a lot to take away and to take seriously. Yeah. Now I was going to, I was going to share this, uh, in a, uh, next week's bonus episode, oh. but I'm going to share it here okay. as well. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that, that as I'm going through the ransom, uh, Bible study method now, um, years ago, I read a book, uh, called biblical preaching by Haddon Robinson. Mm -hmm. right? And he talks about, you know, the big idea of the text, um, uh, kind of your, what is it? The subject of the compliment, right? The question being asked and then the, the answers to that question. Um, so, I've just gotten into the rhythm that as I'm, as I'm reading a text, uh, and again, this is part of the a part for ransom asking yeah. questions, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm making sure I hit all the questions that I'm, that, I, that are being asked within the text. And then I'm looking for those answers. And from there looking for what is the big idea here? Yeah. Like the summary mm -hmm. right, of it all. Uh, and I think that's really, really important. Uh, and I think it's actually really good, not just, it's a good rhythm to be in, uh, even if you're never going to share this from the front. Yeah. But I think it's good for you because every time you go back to that passage, you're going to, you're going to remember that. Yeah. Right. Uh, you're going to remember it. It's going to be something that sticks with you uh, because it's not, we're not just reading or journaling for the sake of reading and journaling. Uh, we're reading and journaling and we're studying God's word for our sanctification and edification yeah, uh, and to be challenged and convicted. And so it's really important that you're, you're asking these questions of a text. And I, I think the, you know, the whole subject complement mentality and looking for the big idea is crucial to that. Yeah. Another one would be um, Brian Chappell's fallen condition focus. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yep. So like what sin problem or issue is yep. this passage pointing toward or interacting with or yep. answering? It's another another good one. Um, so 
I think all of it says like, where do you start? How do you start? The easiest way to start is to open up your Bible, read a, a paragraph and meditate on it and start to write down as you're interacting with these ransom Bible study method questions or getting to the, the big idea in that particular passage. Um, sometimes people benefit from writing out a passage. They'll just they'll write out a few verses and they'll learn how to, you know, they'll, maybe they'll commit it to memory, writing down prayers. You know, sometimes that's a good habit to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to use it as a Bible study journal. Sometimes it's just going to be, hey, here's what's on my mind. Yep. Uh, if you're doing that, then I would say definitely write down part of your prayer. And uh, that's, I think, something that is helpful because journaling, in a sense, it's to get it onto the page, right? It's to get what's inside of you onto the page. And in in writing it down, it forces you to articulate what's in your mind and in your heart. And until you articulate it, it's kind of mushy. So it's helpful in that way. Mm -hmm. So make it relevant to you. Write down what is important to you. What's going to be helpful. That'll help you remember it then and maybe throughout that day, but also something that you would go back to and look at. Now, what I do sometimes, uh, I'll say fairly often, is I'll write down the lyrics, from a part of the lyrics from a song because like, wow, this this person in the world wrote this song that captures what I've been studying in this passage. So you want to, can you give me an idea? I'm going to give you an example. I just pulled it up because my last journal is already on the shelf over here. Mm -hmm. So I've got a new one that I'm breaking in this week. Um, But I was, I, I, there's a song by Motorhead. Okay. So (laughs) no, 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 no. Motorhead's not like that. Okay. (laughs) Motorhead, Motorhead's more like just hard rock. Okay. You know, it's a little kind of metally, but all right, all right, all right, go ahead. So Motorhead, the, the, the great Motorhead, let me kill my sir, <clears throat> who passed away recently. So um, he's got a song called uh, Brotherhood of Man. Now, in, in liberal theology, they talked a lot about um, the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man being the essence of our theology. Uh, and as, you know, Protestants, as Reformed Baptists, when when we look at the brotherhood of man, not the brotherhood in the, in the church, but the brotherhood of man, we think of sin, total depravity. Yeah. You know, imago Dei, yeah, but we've messed that up. So here is the last uh, stanza, the last verse from uh, Motorhead's song. Same as the first. <laughs> Here's what it says. This is such a great depiction of the human condition. We are worse than animals. We hunger for the kill. We put our faith in maniacs, the triumph of the will. We kill for money, wealth, and lust. For this, we should be damned. We are disease upon the world, brotherhood of man. Come on, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty that's good. That's a pretty biblical that's pretty perspective. Good. So I mean, write down quotes, right? Yeah. Whether it's from a song yep. or record things that are good for you and things that are good for you to share. See, that's why I use good notes oh. in, for my iPad. Yeah. You know, and that's where I do you know, a lot of my journaling now. It used to be notability. Is that what it used to be used notability? To back in the day? Yeah, but see, I like the highlighter. Yeah, Jimmy, go, Jimmy will spend twenty minutes on how the highlighter. When he uses the highlighter, it goes underneath whatever he's highlighting. Exactly, instead of over top of it. So it's kind of a big deal for me. <laughs> you nerd out on it so hard. I know. You, I know. Ten minutes I for know, sure. You'll talk I know. about it. But now that they've updated it, because uh, before notability, you could have it on your phone, iPad, and your computer. Right. But now GoodNotes 5 allows you to do that as well. So I've kind of uh, phased out of good, uh, uh, notability. Yeah, and it's GoodNotes too. Yeah, it's yeah. GoodNotes. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. So 
and that's part of the thing is I, I like having the passage or I like having quotes mm. uh, or lyrics or kind of everything you're talking about. I could screenshot the photo of it, right? put it right in there. Mm. And then I got, oh, yeah. it just saves me so much more time. Plus my handwriting is like chicken scratches. Mm -hmm. And so like trying to do a whole yeah. chapter or ha whole yeah, your handwriting's a mess, dude. It really is. Yeah. Jimmy sends me his uh, sermon notes. Uh -huh. He's like, hey, man, you got any thoughts? I think it's pretty tight. And I'm like, I can read 70% of it. And that looks really good. Oh, perfect. So, uh, you know what? That's a C. Yeah, but boy, the, uh, <laughs> the you know other, what, that's what is it, 30%? Yep. Uh, I, I couldn't make it Yep, out, that's so. a C. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you got to, especially for your sermonals, man, you should like tighten it up a little bit. It's just, Spend it's just, a little more. All I could do is slow down a little bit. No, it's just for me. No, yes. but that, see, no, because then you send the picture of your sermon notes to our small group leaders. Well, they should we, also we, be paying attention yeah. during the sermon. Yeah, but the nice thing is, is that the, sometimes there are things No, see, in there. I can't slow down. My brain just goes like, and I'm just like, oh, okay. And I can't because then I lose. Yeah. I start here mm -hmm. and my mind is here. And if I slow down, oh, I lose what, what was here. Okay. See, yeah, it's a smart person thing. You can, you can slow down. See, uh, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. See, I'm, I'm just I'm mm -hmm. all the way down. All the way down. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about one more thing. All right, go. Um, we get this request a lot, which is, hey, man, been listening to the podcast. Really want to find a reformed church now. Mm. I want to find a reformed church. Okay. Where do I go to find a reformed church? Mm. And um, well, there's not an easy answer for that. I mean, we could give them an easy answer and say, like, well, if you're looking for a Presbyterian church, you can look um, not at PCUSA, but PCA. You yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but that's a pretty mixed bag as well. Um, if you're looking for a reformed church, you don't go to the SBC. You might look at um, Reformed Baptist Network. Yep. So you yep. Know, there are places online, and there's this thing called. What's it called, Jimmy? A Google. Google. Yes, Google. You can also Google in your area. I knew this is where we're going to go with you it. Could, you could just like look I it knew. up. I knew. I thought you were going to try to be helpful. No, I, I, I want to be helpful. But, we, <laughs> but, but first I have to say, did you try Google? <laughs> it's a pretty awesome thing. So definitely try Google. and look. But again, if you're in Michigan and you type in Reformed Church, like it's pretty much every church calls itself Reformed. Yeah. And it means a, almost nothing. So yeah, it's, it's CRC. So when you're looking for a reformed church, or when you when you ask us these questions, basically what what we don't know is: Are you looking for a real reformed church, which means it's confessional? It'll mm -hmm. adhere to one of the historic mm -hmm. confessions, whether that is the uh, the Westminster uh, or, or the 1689 for Baptists, um, or are you looking for a church that's just Calvinistic? Yeah, right. Where they have a high view of God's sovereignty and salvation and and all of that. Um, and so if you are, then really what you need to do is, uh, again, go online and do some research about the churches that are within driving distance. Yeah. You know, if, it, if it's called like Oasis or something, probably not going to be a Reformed church. Um, mm. But if it's, if it's got the word Providence in it, that's probably a Reformed yeah. church. Yeah. <laughs> Sovereign <laughs> <least>. God. <laughs> now, um, but look at, their, look at their statement of faith. Yep. Um, look at the books. Do they have any reading lists or anything yep, like that? Yep, 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 yep. They can do that if they're looking for. Um, and they can also, and believe it or not, man, go onto social media and just say, hey, I'm looking for a solid church that fits these markers in this area. You'll be surprised how many people can mm -hmm. will jump on and and feed into that. But but don't ask Joe. Just don't ask Joe. Yeah, because I'll just say, just go Google it. Google it or go online and ask other people. Yeah. But they'll know what I don't know. Like sometimes I get like, hey, is what's a good church in, you know, backwater, you know, belly swamp, Tennessee? I'm like, I have no belly idea. swamp. Yeah, Tennessee. backwater belly swamp. Gotcha. Yeah, that's an actual city. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, look it up. Google it. Nope. Um, 
I like, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Um, so even if you said Nashville, I'd be like, I know of a couple, but not, not a ton. Mm -hmm. So, um, but maybe, maybe more important than that is just figuring out how to find a good church because you can have a good church yep. that's not thoroughly reformed. Yep, that's right. That's and in right. fact, you know, if you're limiting yourself to reformed churches, you might, you might say like, well, I'm going to have to drive two hours to go to church every Sunday, which is not ideal. So Jimmy, what, what should they be looking for in a, just they're looking for a good church. They just want to get in somewhere and start learning and growing and developing. And yeah, I mean, a number of things I've been looking at again, the statement of faith that Joe was talking about, you know, uh, do they believe in the inerrancy of scripture? Right. Um, uh, I would be listening to their sermons online. Yeah. It's a little bit good as well. Place to go, right. Yeah. Uh, hearing what is it that's being preached from the pulpit. Um, and I, I would be looking at the constitution as well. How yeah. are they ran? Right? Who's in charge? Who's in charge? <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to know that. I, I, I'd, I'd go look at the bio of the leadership uh, and to see, okay, what's their experience? You know, um, do they have? Do they even have a podcast? <laughs> they, don't, they don't need a podcast, Joe. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not reformed, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think listening to the sermons is a really good. Um, you get a good temperature of at least what the church is trying to be because uh, they're going to be hitting, hopefully they're going to be hitting relevant issues for that particular church. Mm -hmm. They're going to be preaching doctrines, preaching through the word, but don't skip. I mean, it sounds boring reading the constitution. That's important. Yeah. And uh, statement of faith as well. I mean, I, and when you visit, listen, it's going to take more than one visit uh, unless it's just horrible. If it's horrible, yeah, then just get out. Just of get there. out there now, yeah. But uh, if it's good, then you know I am going to really place a high value on on the preaching that I'm listening to and the people that I'm going to be fellowshipping with. What are they like? You know, and I know one yeah. of the things the preaching the people and the praise, uh huh, and the three P's. Oh, preaching, people, and potlucks. Praise. I said. Oh, I said that's praise. praise. That's right. Okay. So, and by that you mean worship. Yep. Okay. So if, if we're, even if we're just using those three, right? So you're going to be able to get a pretty good grasp on the preaching because you can listen to that online as well. It's going to take you some time to figure out the people. Mm -hmm. You have to get into some of those relationships and maybe join a small group or a Sunday school class. And again, praise, you can figure that out pretty quick. Or right? even hospitable they are when you show up. Ab absolutely. A st a, you know, a standoffish hospitality team. Yeah. Yeah. No. Bye. Nah. Bye. So Jimmy's small group is um is a really strong we call them community groups and uh jimmy's is really strong and it what all of our groups aim to be is a gathering of brothers and sisters who actually know each other uh, minister to each other enjoy each other and the fellowship and grow together so it's not about bible study mm -hmm. though there is certainly teaching and biblical discussion and opening of the scriptures and all that but it, the emphasis for us is on building that gospel-centered community in our homes well, Jimmy does really, really well at this. It's probably less because of him and more because of the people that he just happens to get in God's providence. But whatever. Okay, whatever. <laughs> no, I, I, I get stuck with people like um, the Mons. Oh, way to go. <laughs> no, kidding. <laughs> Mons are awesome. <laughs> All right. So, um, but you do, you do a really good job of pushing this idea and not even pushing. I think you just do a really good job of modeling for the people like, hey, we are friends. We hang out. We grow and learn and pray together. Mm -hmm. We have good times. Yep. And so your group is very sticky. It's it's attractive. Like yep. people, people. Yeah, everyone keeps trying in. to get in. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and Jimmy's gonna have to say no, or he's gonna have to multiply. Yeah, I know. Definitely mm -hmm. have to multiply soon. Now, Jimmy, if they want, if people want to join your small group, 
Uh, if, if, they, if people if people want to come to Redeemer and join um, your small group, how do they get in contact with you on social media? Well, well, well on with me on social media. Yeah, at J Fowler sixty three. Nobody's gonna remember that. What's what's ours? <laughs> well, you know, well, you just have to get in contact with me. Yeah, they, they can still use they can group. still use D and D. Oh, okay. Well, they could uh, at Doc and Devo. Okay. See, uh, no numbers. No numbers. Jay Fowler. On Instagram and Twitter. Could be Jennifer Fowler. Jeremy Fowler. Facebook.com slash Doctor and Devotion. You can go to Facebook. Yep. You can go to DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can mm -hmm. sign up for the email blast. Or you can even hit up the store. Yeah. JoeFoStore.com. And, you know, maybe grab some gear. Yeah, there's some gear there. And you know what, Joe? Mm. Uh, we do have Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. That's true. We do yep. drop Sometimes bonus episodes. Bonus episodes, just yep. like this one. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, and over on the website. Uh, what do we got over there? We got some blog posts. Articles. And Call them articles. Articles. Make them sound smarter. All right. Well, uh, uh, Peer-reviewed articles. Peer -reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And some video content. And some high quality, professional high quality. grade. Like the original stuff. Yeah. Not the stuff that people are trying to knock off now these days. Yeah, no, no. Not the copies of the copies. Not the copies of the copies. No, no not, yeah, yeah. not the busted Xerox. That's right. Got the original stuff. You got the original stuff there on the videos there. Yeah. So join Jimmy Small Group by checking out our social media. <laughs> Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. You just said that. I know. Say it again. I know, because oh. I want to make sure they remember it. Later.